Hello listeners, Chelsea here. Uh, just wanted to give everybody a heads up. This season we will be playing Morkborg, which is a game that has a lot of like doom metal and heavy metal inspired imagery. So if you're not in for a very uh, intense, gory, kind of gross uh, season, you might want to give this one a skip. And in particular, this episode involves animal violence and also animal death. So if that's something you find incredibly upsetting, you definitely want to give this one a skip. Um, just want to make sure everybody's safe out there. Uh, please enjoy! So after after making camp after your your last encounter, uh, you ki- kind of restlessly get to sleep in in a camp safe in the forest. Um, and once again, you're taken to this this terrible terrible building, bigger and and meatier and just more obscene every time you dream about it. Um, tonight, you can see bones sort of piercing through the the fleshy walls of this place making it more grotesque and almost pulsating as as you watch it twist and turn as the light flashes behind it. Uh, you notice more and more weapons lining the... <laughs> I was going to say front yard, but that feels bad. <laughs> uh, <I> mean... <laughs> not incorrect. Right. <laughs> yeah, Technically it's correct. not wrong. There's some shrubs, some pink flamingos out there. It's a front yard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice little white picket fence. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's wholesome. You see see uh lots of weapons lining the the front area in in front of this this horrible horrible building. The the new additions seem wet and covered with viscera. You can smell the pungency of death through the air. Uh and more alarming, you notice more vibrations underfoot as you stand and watch this place. Um, you can feel giant thuds, like some kind of uh, colossus in the background, beating around onto the ground. Slamming into the walls, you see the whole building jostle to the left and jostle to the right as intimidating roars and cackling laughter can be heard from inside. Uh, with every strike and every pulsation on the ground, you feel your hand burn and tense, the intense pain shooting up your arm. Um, you can almost feel like the pain is reaching inside your arm and grabbing at your heart. When you wake up, you feel exhausted and beaten, uh, almost like your sleep did absolutely nothing to you. So how do you feel about those kinds of nightmares? You getting used to them yet? You Are they new and exciting, do you think? <laughs> I imagine the Thares had... Uh... Worse over the years. Um, still never fun, though. Uh, for Torben, um, this is... Um, I'm, I'm trying to like think of the word, but I, I can't come up with... Like, this is a very traumatizing dream. I mean, the, the sort of the sensations of, you know, sort of with bones bursting through the, the flesh on the Colosseum and... You know, the, the sort of shaking and vibrating and hidden monstrosity is very reminiscent of, of being, of, of his transformations, um, especially when he has no control over them. Um, so 
um, like, I, I don't want to speak for everyone else, but, you know, for Torben, at least in his mind, is like, this is worse for me than it is for them. Um, and is like is start, starting to get like sort of reclusive and like not not even interacting as much with um, with Nefer and with uh, Yotna. Uh, does it almost feel like personal too? Yeah, um, like I don't um, speaking as Josh, um, like I don't want to call it almost like PTSD just because I don't know what that experience is like but it, it is like mm-hmm. it is constantly reliving this trauma that he endured at the hands of people who are still unknown to him like he still has no idea who the people in names he saw faces but like has nothing to connect them with he doesn't know how far the communion of the balance reached or what else they did um so like it's that thought is always just there um, in the back of his head. And so, like, for Torben, it's on top of not getting sleep, on top of this terrible sort of monotonous journey across the continent, like, on top of all of these other terrible things, it's just constantly reliving that trauma from being experimented on. So that sounds warm and cozy. <laughs> Great start. <laughs> nice. Uh, how does how does Yetna feel about these these kind of dreams? So she's not stoked about it. Um, growing up in royalty, she didn't really have many cares in the world, um, and never really had nightmares quite like this. So she's kind of been losing sleep over it a little bit. She's got like darker circles under her eyes than usual, um, and she's just kind of a little bit more paranoid and jumpy uh she had been up till now yeah i think that makes sense uh so good to know everybody's doing great yeah <laughs> exactly We're a good time yeah i mean this is pretty good for a morkborg party <laughs> <laughs> we're still alive we're still alive yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you're kind of, like, grappling with those feelings as you wake up, because it is just unrelentless having these dreams every night on top of, you know, recovering from your previous fight and, you know, trekking across this. Uh, Torben, you finally have clothes, you're finally not freezing anymore, Mm -hmm. so that's pretty cool. Although I still don't have a mask, like, I've still got that hole in the middle of my face with my flesh falling off so like my face is uncomfortable but the rest of me is warm at least yeah little little victories you know um but someone who is not having a little victory is poltroon he is not looking super hot after being mauled by the the nodes from the previous fight um his wounds uh you were able to to treat as best as possible but they are still looking gnarly and even if if you look pretty close, it looks like they're decaying even further. Um, it's not looking super hot for Poltroon. Um, and in Pawn Inspection, Ravger's not looking super hot either. Not Ravger. Um, What's going on with Ravger? His wounds where he was bitten are having the same kind of uh, decay that Poltroon is having. Ugh. Um, and being a, a wise man like Nathair is, uh, he would be able to reason that this is probably not just regular wound decay, and this has something to do with being actually bitten by the nodes. Ah. Uh, um, would Nathair know of any sort, 
because Nether did spend a fair amount of time in Sarkash. Mm -hmm. um, would he know of any sort of healer or entity that could maybe help in some way, shape, or form? Um, a specific person, no, but he knows that there would be, like, general kind of witches in the area that would know about this. And knowing that you have gotten a letter with instructions on how to raise these things, uh, it would not be incorrect to assume that finding the person who wrote this letter would also be able to tell you how to treat these injuries. Gotcha. Sounds good. But are we going to Sarkash? Are we following these directions to the Lost City? Or are we going past the forest to get help for Paltrone and... Rafter. I can't remember whether we agreed to just go to Sarkash or do you guys uh, remember? I mean, it's... We were... Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I, I was going <laughs> to say in character um, that it appears that time is of the essence and going to Sarkash is going past where we need to go to find this city. If it comes down to it, there's... The, I think the three of us can manage on our own. Uh, speak for yourself, lad. I don't want to leave my Ravger. Uh, Yona doesn't want to appear, like, weak or anything, but, uh, Poltroon is the only, uh, I guess you could call him a human being <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> she has from her past life of royalty and really probably her closest friend, although Poltroon would probably not agree with that. Uh, terminology um, so she's a little bit reluctant to just kind of let him suffer but she doesn't want to show that <laughs> so she's gonna say we don't even know 100% if this if we can even find this lost city maybe it's better to go to Sarkosh first and see if we could get some help and some answers there Mm, that sounds like a good plan, Yotna. Two out of three. Torben is not particularly happy about this. He's just going to kind of sulk along and give them the silent treatment. <laughs> Aww. Mature. <laughs> Buddy. <laughs> I want to be sad. <laughs> um, so to be clear... You have decided to, to check out these instructions and, and see if we can find the, uh, whoever wrote them to, to fix your animals and stuff. And, I mean, I guess poultry is a human, but your animals. <laughs> <laughs> He's essentially Jotna's pet. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that is correct. Yeah. Okay. And who knows? Maybe they'll have information on this city, too. I guess. <laughs> I guess he throws his hands in the air. <laughs> I'm just picturing Torben like several feet behind, stomping along with his arms folded, yeah. all angry. Like it, it's very much that meme of like the angry guy with his arms crossed and then just shouting, "I guess." I, I guess. Like it's very, it's 100 percent that. Perfect. <laughs> I exactly. I am obsessed. I love it. Torben <laughs> very much wants to be right, but doesn't want to admit that the people he is traveling with had a better idea than him. <laughs> <laughs> um, excellent. So yeah, you guys start heading into the direction of the city, and before you can even see it, and you are very aware you are on the right, uh, the right path because you can hear it 
um, not too not too distant. You can hear kind of like the cries and the and the rumbles of just like chaos and panic through this place. The the trees start to clear um, as there are walls around this city built from the the, the surrounding foliage. Uh, weird enough, you can't tell if it's to keep people out or to keep people in. You as, as you listen to like the 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 screams and the the general uh, unpleasantness that seems to be contained in this this walled off area. Um, you're reminded of rumors you've heard of this place. Um, you've heard that many of the the spawn of the the, the Black King come here um, to kind of either find favor with themselves or, or with with the king, or try and just you know. They feel like they're they're powerful people, and these these normal peasants are theirs to play with. Um, so, what are some of the rumors you guys have have heard about this place, or about some of the uh, the the notable spawn of the king? Who wants to go first? Oh, I I can start <laughs> uh, for Torben. Um, one that has really stuck with him is that um, a group of the the Black King's um, bastards, for, for lack of a better term, um, have started this sort of fighting arena where they um, have, for people they have kidnapped of, of all stripes, whether they're you know, landed nobles, um, poor as shit peasants, um, drunks, holy men, just whoever they can take um, that they bring to to this um, sort of coliseum um, that they've built for themselves and, and make them fight um, to the death. And there's, you know, sort of, there's not really a prize for winning. It's just you fight until you die. Fight Club's different than I remember it being. Hmm. <laughs> We're talking about it, so. Yeah, I like that, though. That is very, very cool. For Yotna... Uh, she just kind of has always heard that, um, the, like, deranged, uh, children of the king snack on the eyeballs that they take from their victims while their victims are still alive. So, that's... Yummy! Yeah. (laughs) Tasty, tasty. Uh, uh, I've heard about one of the Black King's bastard daughters, Brynhilda. And uh, how she favored ravens over all other things and would bring subjects in to be gored from their eyes to their innards to every bit of them only to be fed to the birds. Sounds like these guys like murder. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I, I love all of I'm that. I'm sure there's a people. reasonable explanation for all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Narr- narrator, it, there was. It's got to be an over exaggeration. <laughs> I bet there is too. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So yeah, you guys have these thoughts kind of rolling through your mind, and others uh, bounce around about, you know, these these awful, terrible people. People's even too strong of a word. They're almost like shadows on the wall, made to uh, made solely to corrupt and hurt people. Um, but you get close enough to the settlement and you find the gates open for you to enter. Cool. Let's, uh, let's go on Hesitantly, in. but slightly optimistically walk in. Is this the, 
the city we were looking for, or is this the hidden, like, for the city we were going to, or is this the hidden city? This is the hidden bandit city. This is the um, city that you had directions to from the Necrodancer. So this is where we were trying to go. Yes. <laughs> okay. We, we are in the right spot. <laughs> okay. Um, but now that we're all on the same page... <laughs> The first thing you you notice because the first like actual city or like like settlement you you've been in was back in um, the other town I can't pronounce. Schleswig. <laughs> Schleswig, yes. Um, that you know Schleswig was gaudy and like dirty and like off-putting, but this is like sinister. Like, this is dirty not just because of um, it's not being upkept. It's dirty to, like, infect people, almost. That is the kind of, like, filth that that radiates off of this place. Um, you, you walk in, and even though there's cobblestone streets, you can still hear the splick and crunch of, of just debris and, and grossness beneath you. You see people milling about. None of them want to look at you in the face. Um, they all seem to be afraid of something. And as you start going through the streets, this place seems like a labyrinth. It makes no sense that nobody hired a, a civic engineer to build this place. <laughs> um, the, the streets wrap randomly and take sharp, like, disturbing turns. Uh, it, it's almost hard to, to know where you're supposed to go. Um, but Nefer, something pulls you in a direction. Something that either you've been here before or... Maybe the the sole desire to make sure your your bird gets taken care of um, pulls you into the direction, and you stop in front of a a shop. There's a sign in the window, but it doesn't look very professional. Um, Nathera point with a bony finger. We need to go in there. What uh, what does the sign say? Uh, the sign says. I was unprepared for this question. Oh, sorry. Basically, <laughs> I'm just... Tr- I, it, it's okay. I'm basically just trying to see if, like, Nether seems truly off his rocker at this point. Like, if there's, I like, mean, any... The answer is always yes. <laughs> but, like, go ahead. <laughs> like, does it seem like, okay, he's finally really, truly lost it? Or, or does the sign, like, make sense for what Nether is trying to do? Yeah, so, so the sign says... Um, Belsum, and you know that as a person's name. Um, and then underneath seems to be like a list of unrelated services. There's something like boot making and sword sharpening and po- potion brewing. It feels like somebody, like a child, trying to make a a general store. The S's are backwards. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's a crayon stick figure in one corner. Yeah. There you go. Well, Yotna is convinced <laughs> she's gonna follow Netherin. <laughs> uh yeah, Torben will follow inside too, but he's gonna stay um sort of near the door where he can see, like whether it's like through a like through a window or something, so he can still see outside. Okay, yeah. Uh you guys enter the the dingy shop and as soon as you pull the, the wooden door open you can like feel how rotted and old it is. And the first thing you're hit with is just the smell of incense burning and possibly mold. It's Ooh. unpleasant but also uh. mist- mystifying at the same time. Um 
as as gross and terrible as it is, there's something magic happening here. It's sort of like the vibe that you get from this place. Um, you walk in and it's dark and dingy. Uh, the floorboards creak as you as you enter. Um, you look around and and see what kind of wares are to be sold here. But there's really nothing on display, which makes the sign very confusing. <laughs> hmm. um, but as your eyes adjust to the dark and the like dusty particulates floating in the air from the little light that that is getting through. Um, you notice this old woman kind of sitting in against the wall. Um, she's a portly woman um, with long raggedy hair um, and she's smoking this pipe, which you can kind of um, indicate that the smell is coming from. Uh, she doesn't initially make any sign that she notices you. Yotna is going to shove Poltroon at her and say, I require you to fix this man, please. <laughs> <laughs> My toy is broken. Please tape it back together. <laughs> <laughs> and she'll throw a couple of coins um, at the <laughs> in the woman's general direction. Um. Yeah. So so having Poltron stumble close to her, he he kind of falls to his knees because he's not doing super hot. Um. And as he hits the ground, you see her open her eyes and look up at him. Um, she's got the thickest cataracts you have ever seen in your life. <laughs> uh, and it's almost alarming because it's not even just like, you know, the, the milky whites that cataracts will have. It's this awful, like, sickly yellow. Um, and she looks at Poltron and she kind of um, reaches out to him but stops. And you can see her flex her hand before she, she, she pulls it back. And she looks at, at Yotna. And she looks confused. I do not remember giving you this spell. Spell? What the hell kind of spell are you talking about? Um, she reaches forward and kind of not pushes um, Paltrin down. He falls, his back slamming hard against the floor. Um, and she kind of rips open his shirt in this kind of cardinal display of strength. Um, which is sort of jarring based on her her aesthetics you wouldn't expect her to be as strong as this um and she kind of points out his wounds and even from the short walk from waking up this morning to getting here his wounds are 10 times worse the the skin around is turning black with decay um and she she reaches in and like touches it and pulls some of the tissue out with her bare hand and she she offers it to to Yotna to to look at and examine, and the stench is just terrible. It, it almost makes you step step back. Yeah. And she says, "This, this only this kind of de decay can be inflected by the bite of a node." Yotna dry heaves a little bit, um, and backs up, and says, "Well, I had nothing to do with this. Just fix it. I'll pay you whatever it requires." Um, she looks at Yotna curiously, and then looks over to Nathair, and she she points at him and says, "I can smell it on you too." Yes, and I'll um I'll like reach into my uh, Nathair will reach into his pouch and pull out Roger, and kind of hold him forward. Can you help him too, please? Uh, she takes a step forward and and examines the bite. Um, Roger is also um. He's not deteriorating quite as fast as Paltroon, but, you know, he wasn't mauled as, as many as Paltroon was. 
<laughs> um, but he's also like not, not, not looking too good. Um, she she thinks to herself and thinks of the location you're in, and she shakes her head. She asks, "How long ago did these bites occur?" Nathera will look to Yotna for an answer. Uh, and I, I will leave it up to you. It can be either like uh, yesterday they got bit, or it was two days ago, something like that. <laughs> yeah, we'll say we'll say it was like two days ago. Okay. So, um, yeah. <laughs> the woman stares at the ground and shakes her head. I'm sorry. I don't think there's anything we can do. Please, there has to be something I can pay. I have some coin. It's not about the money. I'm afraid. The only cure for this is the dew of a special plant that grows deep within the forest. But for you to reach there and come back, for anyone to be able to compound the elixir, it'll be far too late. Yotna is kind of feeling a little bit hopeless now, um, and she says, is there anything you can do to at least ease his pain? Uh, she kneels down beside Poltron again and scoops out more of the flesh. He cries out in pain. Uh, and she is, like, unfazed by his, his cries. Um, she, she rolls the, the rotting flesh around in her hand and kind of smells it. Um, and thinks to herself, There might be one thing that we can do. Across town, there is a rival healer. She might have a spell that could reverse this. But... That's all. That's all Yotna needs to hear. She scoops Vulture <laughs> up and starts heading for the door <laughs> without directions. She's like, well, later. God. <laughs> um, the, the woman's like, wait, no, don't. And she's like, <laughs> um, the the woman is is sort of shocked by this determination, and she she stands and reaches out for Yotna and grabs her shoulder, and she says, "Wait, there's there's something you need to know about her." Okay, fine. What is it? <laughs> You're wasting my time, lady. <laughs> um, she she sighs and she says, "I know you want to save your friend, but she will ask for some kind of sacrifice." That's fine, I have plenty of money, and she's gonna continue heading for the door. Um, the the woman looks to Nathair to see what he wants to do. <laughs> when you say sacrifice, what do you mean? For her, when dealing with magic referring to life, she always takes a little extra, if you know what I mean. Hmm. I see. Well, whatever price I have to pay, I suppose. And Nathair will start hobbling his way towards the door. Oh, we're gonna fix our friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, Torben. Things are gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, right? Torben, you were able to hear all of this. Do you have any thoughts or comments or anything about anything? You said that when we walked in, like there was a sort of like divine or mystical presence here. Yes. Um while all of this has been going on, Torben's been just like watching the street and watching all of these people just kind of you know, schlep their way from one side of town to the other, head down, 
um, not really interacting with one another, but like always on edge. And after Nether and Yotna have, have gone on to wherever it is they're going, um, they don't even know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like across town. Uh, I know which direction that's in. <laughs> Torben, Torben is going to turn to the shopkeeper um, and and walk up to her. Say, how do you, in a place like this, how do you keep believing? Uh, she looks at him, and her her sickly, diseased eyes kind of soften knowingly. Um, she says, when you're surrounded with so much pain and sickness and despair, you learn to find the light anywhere. And I know you can do it too, Torben. And she smiles and she flops back down into her, her seat and she lights her pipe again. Oh, she knew your name. That's just crazy. <laughs> For the last who knows how long, I've all I've been surrounded by is this death and despair and I can't find any light. How, how do you find anything in a world like this? She reaches forward with her pipe and kind of pokes him in, in the chest, and she says, Perhaps if the light's not outside, it could be in here. Uh, Torben will, like, squint his eyes and sort of think for a moment. And how do we get to this other healer? They just <laughs> left. Just like, okay, so for my stupid friends, how do we... <laughs> huh. Um... What's the address I could put in Google Maps? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, she she laughs and she says, "You are able to find here. You'll have no problems finding her place as well." <sighs> yeah, Torben just sort of, gee, thanks, and <laughs> it's just gonna go. Um, as he leaves, she calls out to him, and she says, "Don't forget to search the ashes." Um, Torben will again. Whatever that means. Yeah. Torben again is just going to like pause for a second. Like we're just like stop mid stride, listen, think for a second and then keep going. Cool. And you leave the shop <laughs> and nothing bad happens on the way over there. <laughs> Woo. Nice. Um, yeah. So you guys all catch up. Um, Torben, do you tell uh, your, your traveling party about your conversation? Uh about the very last part, about this cryptic message reminder. The ashes? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you're all aware of searching the ashes. <laughs> uh, what ashes? What do, What does that I mean? Nathair, in this whole time we've been traveling, has it ever, has anything ever made complete sense on its face? Mm, nothing's ever really made sense ever. Then I think that's your answer. <laughs> What are we but dust <laughs> in the wind? <laughs> well, we can wrap it up because we made our Bill and Ted reference. Hello, listeners. I hope you're enjoying this very lighthearted episode of Fables Around the Table She. Everything seems to be going super well, and nothing could possibly go wrong. <laughs> um, as a reminder, in case you've forgotten, we are playing Morkborg, a self-described doom metal album of a game. 
It's designed by Pella Nielsen and published by Free League Publishing. If you can get your hands on a copy of this game, uh, I would recommend getting the physical book. It's beautiful and it's completely worth it. Um, let me introduce you to our players. First up is Josh Medor playing Torben. Uh, Josh is a very good friend to all of us at Project Derailed, and uh, we're so happy to have him play the game with us. Um, next, playing Yotna is Annalise Torella. Annalise is an excellent artist and our resident metalhead, and it has been so great having her talents for this season. <laughs> um, and finally, Garrett Kimmel plays our favorite old man, Nathair. Uh, you'll know Garrett from previous um, seasons of Fables around the table, including our first season, Curse. And Garrett is a member of Northern Weather, a Midwest emo band who in the past few months has released their first album, A Shade of Melancholy. If you're interested in checking that out, you can find Northern Weather on Bandcamp and Spotify, and you can follow the band on Twitter, at Northern Weather, but with no vowels in the handle. Um, and I'm Chelsea Rexinger. I'm the art director at Project Derailed, and you'll know me from other Project Derailed podcasts like Cape Chronicles, A Mask's Actual Play, where I play Royale, as well as many Fable seasons, including Tainted Love, Tiffany, and our previous season, Candlelight. If you're looking for something else to listen to, I would also recommend um, our first anthology series, um, Firelight, uh, if you're looking for something else to just sort of pick up and keep sort of this vibe going. I am also co-owner of Plot Kindling Candles, a candle business dedicated to turning your tabletop characters into their own personal scented candle. You can find us at etsy.com slash shop slash plot kindling candles to start the process of designing your own custom character candle today. I'd like to also thank Tom Goldthwait for working on some of the music used in She. Without the tracks you developed, uh, the, the final product would not be anywhere near as, as good as what you're hearing. Um, so thank you, Tom. If you like what we've been doing here on Fables or one of our other fine podcasts, you can support us on Patreon. Just $5 a month can give you access to extended retrospectives of Tales of the Voidfarer, a D&D 5e actual play, and Cape Chronicles, our masks actual play, bonus content for It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast, and a whole other podcast where the derailed crew chats about their goings on. You can find a link to our Patreon on our website at projectderailed.com and down below in our show notes. Another thing you can do to help the podcast is to give it a rating and review on Spotify and Apple Music. If you enjoyed the time you spent with us, that is an excellent way to let us know. Thank you for listening to Fables Around the Table, and please enjoy the rest of the episode. Um, yeah, so you guys start walking back the way you came into the other part of town. Um, the, the longer you stay in this place, the more hopeless and terrible you feel. Uh, you see, like, bodies lining the streets, bodies of not only humans, but also animals. Um, and just, it's, it's sickening. Um, if you thought the the decay of of like Paltrin's wounds and uh, the woman like feeling around in that was disgusting, the road is paved with rotting flesh here. <laughs> That's a sentence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but you you travel through and just every once in a while you hear terrible cackling or awful screaming. 
um, horrors that you do not have the mental capacity to focus on right now. You have a mission. You're tired. Pain racks your body from traveling. Um, but as you're kind of forcing yourself to be blinded to, to everything around you, um, you suddenly feel that shooting pain in your hand again, reaching up through you. Um, and the three of you notice you're standing in front of a shop that looks similar to uh, Belsom's, but this one has pelts and like skeletons of, of animals and what could be some kind of like dried innards hanging upon the walls outside. Uh, you feel like this is the place you're looking for. <laughs> mm, let's go, I suppose. Yotna barges in again. <laughs> Hello, I'd like to purchase and... your wares. <laughs> <laughs> and looks around for a shopkeeper. Uh, yeah, this this shop is set up much the same as, as Belson's, um, except instead of it being empty inside the walls and it's, it's like wall-to-wall uh, animal corpses and pelts, um, it has the same smell as it did in the other shop, but the sheer quantities of just dead stuff. Uh, the room smells like like murder and sadness. Um, and much where Belsom was sitting in her shop, um, there is a thin bony woman here um, smoking a pipe. Uh, and she looks up at you two. Yeah. Or, I guess the three. Well, I guess there's four. Of five you. if you count. <laughs> How many of you there yeah, are? Five if you count the bird. <laughs> five if you count Some number of people enter a shop. <laughs> they, they keep budding. I don't. I can't handle this. And the mule. The mule. And the, mule. The, mule the mule stays outside. Oh, that's right. There, we have a mule. We do indeed have a mule. <laughs> yeah. There's a mule. <laughs> when he's needed. He just randomly crawls out of the ground every now and then when he's important. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so the, the four of you walk in, um, and the woman lo- looks up at, at you, and she doesn't say anything, but she notices your presence. So Yotna kind of, she's, she's getting weaker from kind of helping, uh, Poltroon walk around, so she goes to, like, kind of throw Poltroon at this woman like she did in the other shop, but she kind of stumbles with him, so they both kind of fall forward. And she says, fix this man for me. I know you know how to. <laughs> and she reaches into her purse and throws some gold out again. Throws <laughs> <was> more money. <laughs> Perfect. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was just a very funny image to me. <laughs> and Poltroon's like weeping tears because he's in pain, but he's also like emotionally like like ecstatic that Yotna cares this much about trying to save his life when he has repeatedly been <laughs> sacrificed for the sake of the other people in the group this entire uh time. He's like, "Oh, she does care." Oh yeah, absolutely. If he was not racked in pain right now, he would be ju- he would be doing such a happy <laughs> oh, juggle. Oh yeah, for sure. Which is very distinct from fear juggling. He can he can't even tired he can't even tired juggle right now. <laughs> um. So so the woman kind of snickers as uh, the two crash to the floor, um, and she makes a very like exaggerated sniffing smell, 
Um, and she she laughs. She says, "Ah, I see. Not long for this world, are we?" I don't know what that means. Just fix Poltroon. Um, she she stands up, and she is like outrageously tall and bony. She she walks over, and it's almost like um someone is controlling a a, a wooden puppet. The way her her joints move. Um, and then she crouches down beside Poltroon to um, rip that shirt open and get in those wounds again. And he cries out in pain <laughs> once again as somebody's in these infected wounds. Poor Poltroon. He's having a day. <laughs> um, she, she examines the, the wounds again. And she says, well, I'm not sure what you've heard, but there's nothing I can do that won't cost you. Yotna reaches into her purse again and says, whatever you want, I'll pay. And she starts dumping out all of the coin that she has, which is a sizable amount. <laughs> She's got a lot of money. <laughs> right. She, she laughs as this, um, this pile of coin starts building on the crown. Um, and she, she kind of uh, lackadaisically uh, leans and, and puts her hand, her head in her hand. And she says, I don't know about that. Money's so boring these days. Well, what else could you possibly want? Hmm. Well, you see, I am a collector of puzzling trinkets and things like that. Trinkets. So Yotna immediately thinks about her her puzzle cube that she doesn't know what the hell it does, but it's it's the last thing um, she has that remains of her father who passed away. Or well, who was murdered. Um, and she ponders for a moment if Poltron's life is worth that. Um, but she pulls it out of her, her robes and says, would this interest you? Uh, the woman's eyes light up and she, she looks very interested. Uh, may, may I hold that? Uh, since Yotna doesn't really know the purpose of the puzzle cube... Um, other than it's just been a source of, like, comfort for her, um, to kind of tinker around with. She hands it over, um, slowly. Uh, the woman snatches it out of her hand, um, and as she does, it starts to, to rumble and jingle together. Um, and the woman starts laughing, this, this smile growing across her face from just, uh, normal joy to like manic insanity as she plays with it and rumbles in her hand um Yotna is now regretting that <laughs> <laughs> um she she nods emphatically yes I'll do what I can for this man so Yotna uh finally kind of sighs with the relief and she kind of gets back onto her feet and um kind of shoves that poltroon with her with the toe of her boot and she's like we're gonna fix you it's gonna be okay <laughs> we're gonna fix this buddy <laughs> <laughs> um as the woman uh maniacally laughs she points at the fair too and she goes i smell it on you as well mm, yes uh and i will once again take roger out of my pouch uh i don't have anything quite like that, and I point to the Nathair points to the puzzle cube. Can we get a two for one? <laughs> <laughs> um, buy, buy one, get one free. 
Um, so the woman uh, kind of cackles maniacally and she shakes her head and she says, No, I'm sorry, you must, you must offer something special to you as well. Uh, Roger is all that I have. She, she thinks to herself and she says, Is it truly all you have? Isn't it treasure enough you have your own life? It is, I guess, astounding that I've lived this long. I don't remember most of my days, and what I do remember is that of being a bad person, tricking people out of their money. I don't see what this life is truly worth to you. Hmm. I do love a good story, though. Do you think that is a fair trade, good sir? Your life for your animals? He hasn't done anything wrong to anyone. I cannot say the same. I don't see why it's such a bad trade after all. Ah, uh, she she laughs joyously. How wonderful! Deals to be made by everyone. Ah, uh, she gestures to Torben and she says, Can I interest you in anything, good sir? Torben just lets out a very gruff, No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, heart. <laughs> Um, so the, the woman kind of laughs and she says, All right, sir, perhaps I could impress you, but you may want to stand back. And she points to, to Yotna and she says, You too, little girl, I wouldn't want to catch you up in any of this. Yotna kind of scowls at her. She doesn't like being spoken <laughs> to in a demeaning manner because she is royalty after all. Uh, but she does take a few steps back. Um... She reaches under her cushion she was sitting on, and she reveals this scroll that looks very, very, um, old. And you can tell that it's got, like, colors on it. Like, this thing is gilded, so it's probably got some, like, real power punching behind it. Um, and she starts to read out, um, in a, in a language you guys don't quite understand. Um, power starts feel, filling the room, um, and... Due to the amount of energy, you guys can see some of the animal corpses just sort of starting to, to lift into the air. Um, the entire room gets super heavy, and there's this crushing weight on, on all of you. Nathair especially, you, you feel it almost like something is trying to squeeze what little life you have left into you out. Um, and then the room starts getting really, really hot. It, it feels like you've descended into to hell itself um, your skin feels like it's burning and wants to peel off you uh, and Paltroon and um, Ravager cry out in pain as well uh, they seem to be in more excruciating pain than you do uh, Nathair um, and let me roll a die and see what happens uh, oh no right. I don't like that <laughs> <laughs> The floor is not where you roll dice. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so let me tell you what happens. It's probably fine. Oh no. <laughs> it's probably fine. <laughs> it's probably fine. Uh, let me roll one more. Excellent. So, uh, the pain in the room starts building and building and building. Even uh, Torben and Yona, you are not like 
in pain necessarily, but you get inflicted, like you can feel the pain being experienced by uh, your three comrades. Um, to the point where you feel the floor crack. It's this loud, deafening sound um, as the floor starts to um, recede. It goes down. It sinks. It mm-hmm. sinks. The room starts <laughs> to sink. <laughs> I can do words. <laughs> um, as the room starts to sink um, deep into the ground, um, the, the woman seems to, to be very happy with this. Um, her eyes shine bright uh, joy you haven't seen in somebody's eyes in years. Um, but the corpses around you start catching on fire. Oh. Um, Nathair, you end up being you end up falling into the hole. Um, but Torben and Yotna stand around the outside, uh, part of the the floor that has not begun to sink. Um, and you are racked with such pain, but you know if you stay in this hole, you will probably die. Um, Nathair has more or less accepted that. Okay. Um, how he chooses not to move. How deep is this hole? Right now, this feed is probably about four feet deep. Okay. Um, and what is what is the shopkeeper? Is she, like, in, like, a manic state performing whatever ritual this is or is she like coming down just what is oh yeah she doing she is completely enthralled with what's happening she is like flailing her arms around she's wailing uh tongues that you've never heard of before uh she seems happy (laughs) which is very alarming because it's not something you see very often in most Mm -hmm. people and especially in this kind of situation, like, it seems something has gone wrong here, and she seems very happy about it. All right, well, Yotna still has a, some rope hanging around, so she is gonna form a lasso and look at Torben. Um, Before you do that, Torben's idea is also to get him out of here, but looking at my list, I've got three transformations that would be able to feasibly on their own get him out of there Perfect. which is a 50 50 shot and i like those odds Better i like those odds too <laughs> <laughs> Better than oh boy <laughs> uh so torben is gonna shift into a hopefully helpful animal here i i believe it torben <laughs> Yes! Uh, got it. <laughs> nice! Uh, that's a two, which is a flayed and dripping wolf. Whoa. Oh, yum. <laughs> um, which I picture is like a dire wolf-sized just beast that, you know, which is blood dripping from its maw and everything. And it's got, you know, the usual shifting and cracking and ripping, disturbing visuals. Um that turns into this giant uh, dire wolf and I'm gonna jump in there um, and try and signal to uh, Nithair that like hop on man go away let me die I I have no way of communicating um, (laughs) with words (laughs) yeah so I'm (laughs) so I'm just gonna like lightly 
growl and like bark in as I like shake my head like tw- up toward the exit. I said, "Go away." <laughs> Um, with that, I'm, I'll circle around and, uh, uh, I don't know if dogs do that, but I know animals do it, so I'm gonna try it. Um, like how mother cats will, like, pick up kittens by, like, oh, the scruff of their neck. you're gonna get them by the nape? <laughs> yeah, and, like, try to gently, like, drag him out of here. Uh, yeah, do you... Do you let that happen? <laughs> um, Mathair's probably not really in a position to resist. Okay. Um, I mean, he's going to kind of like wail and giggle all at the same time, but <laughs> he's not going to physically do anything to resist. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I'm not even going to make you roll for it. It's, yes. it's ungainly, but you're able to, to yoink him mm-hmm. out of it before the floor sinks too much deeper. Um, and as you jump out of the, the hole, you kind of burst through the, the door just so that you have some, like, landing space. Um, and all you can hear is kind of, like, the, the burning of the inside of this place. Um, Poltroon and Ravger, uh, cry out, um, sort of unable to do anything from their, uh, their physical states. Um, until all you hear is the, the quiet um, cackling of fire. Uh, even the, the witch, you no longer hear her cries or anything like that. Y- y- did Yotna make it outside too? <laughs> no, y- Yotna made it too, yeah. Okay. She's, she's okay. <laughs> so once the, um, once the intensity of the flames start to die down and, and we no longer hear the screaming and laughing and all the the noises coming from inside uh torben is gonna shift back once again naked and unarmed with nothing on him (laughs) it's all gone again (laughs) (laughs) it's fine he just he's just a nudist it's fine yeah you're in town you can just buy some new digs like (laughs) nathara is going to angrily look up at you why didn't you just let me go? Because we need you too, Nathair. I know that your whole life you've clung to Ravger as your only friend, but you have us now, and you were literally throwing your life away. You have a chance to start something new with us. Nathair will just kind of lower his head, not really look at Torben, but he will get to his feet and begin looking for Ravger. Yeah. Uh, you wait until it's uh, relatively safe yeah. to go in. Um, the the room is still very like thick with death, and it's even thicker now that there's like ash particulate in the air. Um, it's difficult to breathe, but not enough that you feel like you're dying or anything. Um, you start looking through the ashes, and in the fair, you get drawn to where you you're pretty sure you last saw Ravger. Um, and in place of where his, his body would have been, you notice this, um, what is probably a bird spine, but it's this gold sparkling color. 
and the bones have sort of um, melted and and warped together into a way that it looks almost like a whistle. Huh. What? What is this? Um. Real quick. Real quick. Uh. Torben is not here during this. Um. Like as soon as Nithair like goes to search through the rubble. Um. Torben's gonna turn to Yot and I'll be like, "Can I please have some money to go get some clothes?" <laughs> Yotna is gonna flip him a few coins, um, but she's she's not really um, she's more concerned about what's what's become of uh, her court jester. So she kind of flips him a few coins and hurries back in um, to search the rubble. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Perfect. so Torben's just like wandering the streets naked, looking for. <laughs> A place that sells some sort of clothes, like and I'll let do. I'll let you decide when I get back. <laughs> okay. So y- Yotna uh, sees Nathair uh, examining this whistle-like spine, bird spine thing, um, and she feels sorrow for her friend because clearly the bird has died and he needs to accept that and the proof is right in his hands it's the spine of the bird um mm-hmm. so she feels bad but she she kind of goes off and looks for uh poltroon yeah um she looks to where she believes poltroon was before um you know they they, they left the building to not die um and she's able to dig. Some of his possessions didn't go up in the flames. Um, he, she finds his juggling balls. Oh. <laughs> um, and strangely enough, they have not turned to like a, a golden medal as the, the spine of the bird has. But they're inscribed with these, these magic runes that you haven't seen before. Um, they're not the same as what is um, now branded to your hand, but they seem to have the same kind of magic involved. Um, and Yotna is also able to find um, a hand that has not been burned that she recognizes as the, the witch's. And in this hand um, still rumbles the puzzle cube. Um, sorry, I'm just writing down the words magical balls of poltroon on <laughs> on my page here. Um, <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, poltroon's uh, magical balls. Oh <laughs> there you go. So Yotna is uh, heartbroken um, and she feels hopeless and she pockets um, the magical balls and puzzle cube uh can she shake the witch's hand off of it or is it just attached now yes she can okay (laughs) it's not like a monkey's paw (laughs) she's gonna kind of shake the the hand free and she she's relieved to have the cube back um because of its sentimentality um and she she's just kind of like she doesn't know how to act she just kind of feels hopeless um because Poltroon is dead. Um, so that's kind of hitting her, and she's just kind of um, standing there, uh, kind of like rubbing the puzzle cube around in her hands as like a comforting gesture to herself to kind of like, you know, 
calm herself down, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yotna, would you help me look through these ashes for Ravger? Yotna, um, she's quiet for a moment, and then she just says, Ravger's dead. What? But this was supposed Roger's to work. Roger's dead and Poltron's dead. It didn't work. Let's just get out of here. Nathariel just kind of nod his head and try to face away from you so you don't see his tears and begin walking out the door. Oh, no, not our saddle. No! <laughs> but he will, he will kind of cradle um, the bone whistle thing. Yeah. And tuck it away. Good, 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 good. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> let's go, let's go on Torben's shopping adventure. Torben's naked shopping adventure. <laughs> Popping into Sears real quick. <laughs> yeah, uh, Torben, you're you're mm-hmm. able to find a shop and and buy clothes and a mask. Um, you're able to easily buy like leather armor and a, a new thing to cover the big hole in your face. Um, with okay. what Yotno was able to give you. Um, and that happens without incident. Until ah, um, you start heading back to the shop, and you feel somebody um, very slyly kind of graze a blade against your back. Um, you know, if you turn around, he'll probably stab through you. Um, and you hear this whisper in your head, and it's sort of alarming because it doesn't feel like it's actually coming from somebody behind you, but it's inside of your head. Uh, the caller is calling from inside the house, kind of ah. like. <laughs> Um, and, and he whispers, or, and he hears this whisper, um, she is waiting for you. Don't let her wait much longer. She's very hungry. I know. Uh, oh shit. Fuck. I ruined everything. No. Uh, wow. This is a weird monologue, robber guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, he says, or the, the voice says, the communion of balance would be unhappy with you if you didn't fulfill what you're supposed to be doing. Sorry, I'm taking notes like analysts. Yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> so she is waiting and growing hungry. The communion uh-huh. would be disappointed. Yep. Alrighty. Um, I'm just gonna uh, sort of stand there for a minute and just, like after that said, to like, do they leave? Um, you don't feel them move, but you almost feel like their presence isn't there anymore. Okay, he'll, uh, Torben will take, like, a cautious step to the side. Um, yeah, and, uh, when he does, he feels sort of like whatever was behind him sort of collapse. All right, and so, um, with that, um, he'll just, uh, start heading back to where he left, uh, Nathair and Yotna. yeah. Uh, is is he scared by that at all? He's a little unsettled, um, but like he, he's gonna share it with the group, um, and like to sort of both to like communicate that information, but also to just like talk it through with himself and be like, okay, calm down, you got this. Uh, yeah. So you guys recommune and uh, Torben, you share that information. How's everybody doing? Nathera is just kind of vacant. Um slightly nodding along with Torben's story, but very um, not he's not listening, really. He's um, very distracted by what's in his pouch now. Um, Our um, so 
um, I assume like Nether has um, Ravager's remains like tucked away. Does Yotna have like either of the other items like out? So she had put away the magical balls, um, mm-hmm. but she's still kind of holding and fiddling with the with the puzzle cube, and she she just kind of looks uh, crestfallen in the face. Um, that's that's the most emotion you've seen in her face this whole time, mm-hmm. uh, because normally she's fairly cold yeah. and um, without emotion. But now she's she's clearly heartbroken um, and hurt, and doesn't uh, she doesn't really look up. She just kind of continues fumbling with her puzzle cube. Did you um, just um, Torben will like gesture to the cube and um ask um sort of both of them did either of you find anything else in there Yotna's gonna reach into her robes and uh kinda (laughs) fumble with the balls in her pocket um I'm gonna laugh anytime I refer to the balls um but she thinks about it and then just kinda leaves them in her pocket without saying anything because she doesn't really think they mean anything um even though they have like like they have inscriptions on them or whatever, um, she doesn't think it's anything of note. So she just kind of shrugs and shakes her head. Um, Nether will pull out the um, the skeletal remains of Ravger, and um, he'll just kind of flash it to Torben real quick and put it back, and say, "Because of you, this didn't work." And turn away. Are they magic? Do these do something? Are they? Do they seem useful? Because remember what... Oh, you guys weren't there, but... The first shop, she said, don't forget to search the ashes. So if you found something in there, I can only assume that... This is what I found when I searched the ashes. This. I can only assume it's going to help us somewhere down the road. So maybe not all is lost. Maybe Ravger can still help you, and Paul Troon can still help you. This entire journey has been shrouded in metaphors and hidden meanings and plenty of other things that on their face make zero sense what's to say this is any different this world doesn't make sense you two know that but maybe they can still help us and if they can't well then maybe this is still something to remember them by and remember how they did help you at one point yes they're gone but they're not gone forever you can still remember them this causes Yotna to just kind of like fall to her knees and let out this like horrible wail um and she starts crying like obnoxiously um just so over <laughs> and like like <laughs> just over the top like pay attention to me crying yotna's like coughing up phlegm and ugly crying well that there's like cackling like a crazy yep. person and probably the people walking by are kind of like looking at them weird um oh yeah people are completely avoiding you guys (laughs) (laughs) uh well with that uh pleasant display of emotion um (laughs) if do you do you guys have anything else you'd like to do in town here (laughs) nope um Uh, i guess not (laughs) okay uh no torben is waiting for uh the emotion to die down a little bit before sharing the story of the uh, the head whispers. Yeah. 
Uh, does does that alarm either of the two of you, or are you guys still like focused on you know the 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 trauma you've endured today? <laughs> Yotna's focused on the trauma. Uh, she kind of files what Torben said in the back of her head. Um, okay, <laughs> but <laughs> she she just kind of feels like things just keep getting worse and this is not a good time and she just wants to go home to her castle that no longer exists because it burned down and she also sold the or gave the deed away um so she's just like all of this stuff is hitting her she's like she doesn't have a home anymore her one i guess you could call him a friend is dead um things can't just keep getting worse but they do so that's that's all she's thinking about. She's very absorbed in her own her own head right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nether hears what Torben says, but he's far too distraught to really register it right now. Yeah, I I think that makes sense. Um, so once you two become you know available enough, <laughs> um, <laughs> you you start heading out of the city because you're very aware that if you stay here after it gets dark, you're you're good as dead. So, uh, Torben, I guess the the leading light here. <laughs> uh, you you usher your friends to to a safe camp mm-hmm. closer and closer to Sarkash, uh, knowing that unspeakable things wait for you there. Although you're not sure what could be more unspeakable than what you witnessed today. Um. Yeah. And throughout all of this, Torben is going to be like increasingly impatient with this. Like he he knows the clock is running and that things can get very bad if time runs out. Right. Uh, would one of you like to roll me a d6? I gotcha. Five. Five. That means we're at five, five. You said at camp very, um, solemn and, and tired. Your bones feel heavy with the weight of your fallen comrades on you now. Um, and as you fall asleep, what echoes through your mind is... The sky shall weep fire, and a great stone shall plummet as a city fallen from heaven. Its gift is death, and its madness is its herald. And that's our session for today. All right. Nice work. I'm sorry to make everyone sad. As you walk down the sidewalk, passing shops of all kinds, the cold wind stinging against your cheeks as the snow beneath your feet gives a light crunching, you see a sign above your goal, Chronicle Comics. You open the door, the ding of the bell letting the clerk know someone has entered. 
He looks up at your familiar face and says, Hey, uh, that comic you were picking up ended its run, but it looks like the company printing it as uh, something new out. And he hands you a comic. On the cover, a city along the water at night, searchlights across the dark sky. In each light are four faces with names and contrastingly colorful font below them. Falcon Girl. No, he would not be impressed. He'd be like 50 times more pissed than he already is at me. Royale. Yeah, watching and seeing what happens isn't stopping the crime. Remix! Am I the only one confused why Quasi can whisper? Quasi Raptor. Quasi never gets to eat. Above them, in white font with yellow bordering, the words Cape Chronicles. Available every first and third Wednesday of each month starting March 2nd, 2022 from Project Derailed, wherever you get your podcasts. It is cramped in here. I'm Saker. And I'm Evan. And our podcast is It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Hey, what's that podcast about, Ev? So, do you know of a band called Bare Naked Ladies? One week. Yeah, yeah, that's one of them. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I know yeah. of them. Do you ever want to learn more about them? Or... Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, well, then this is the podcast for you because we teach you nothing with various guests. Yeah, like uh, like Matt Besser. Holy we shit. Climbed in a second story window and partied in this house where we barely didn't know at all the people that was crazy holy fuck mike mitchell why well, I, I don't know how how like how much you guys really do love bare naked ladies justin mcelroy grab your tongue grab your tongue and i want you to say Our born tongue. on a pirate ship Bum on the pilot ship. you were born on a pile of shit and many more so check it out but also if you don't like bare naked ladies we talk about them probably like a third of the time so uh, yes that's every Tuesday, wherever fine podcasts are sold. We can make a board game about it. Back on Toral, I was a nobody. I got teleported out here, and here I'm something. I'm somebody. The Voidfarer begins maneuvering towards this 200-meter-long space whale. To handle one of these, you need grit. Is that something you have? I'm a tiny little guy. Of course I got grit. If you tried anything, it would end very poorly for you. This alithid dreadnought warps away, accelerating the spell jamming speed as quickly as they arrive. Who the fuck? <laughs> what am I trying to say here, Ravnus? That we're crew. I like that. We're crew. That is a natural one. <sighs> you send yourself sailing out the side of the ship, untethered. Oh. I'm putting a python into the ground. I'm wrapping my rope around it, but I'm jumping into the gravity well. <laughs> a gnome, a halfling, and a half-orc walk into a bar. I forget the middle part, but the punchline is feathers everywhere, and that's not my peanut butter. I cast Tasha's in his laughter. <laughs> Climb aboard for Tales of the Voidfarer, wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, my consequences have actions. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait, way around. wait. projectderailed.com